Clement Magnatella on 702. Live streaming countrywide on the Prime Media Plus app. Yes, TV channel 856. 92.7 and 106 FM. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Clement Magnatella Show. It's great to have you with us here on 702. I hope you're well this morning and I hope you had a wonderful weekend. We start with the 702 open line on 011-883-0702. The WhatsApp line is 072-702-1702. Let's walk the talk. Start with the open line though on 011-883-0702. WhatsApp's on 072-702-1702. I read a story this morning that upset me a little bit in the Star newspaper about a six-year-old girl, her name is Rafilwe, who died after allegedly consuming poisonous cakes bought from a local's puzzle shop last week. This happened in Sakani in Ekuruleni. Apparently, she was vomiting after eating the cookies from this puzzle shop. She died before she could even be taken to hospital. There were other four children who were affected. But thank goodness they made it to hospital. This is a familiar story. Because I've come to you before and I've told you of many other kids that have died under the same circumstances. Now, in Zakani, there are shops that are belonging to foreign nationals that are closed as we speak. They remain closed. The first time I was thinking, no, how can the community do this? Is it, is it really justified? You know, you don't want to paint all this puzzle shop owners with the same brush. You know, you can't close all the shop. That doesn't fix the problem. In fact, that affects the community because often the community depends on these shops to buy products at a lower cost. But then I'm thinking... But if you live in a community where you're constantly losing children and it's become a trend now where children are dying in townships after eating things that they allegedly are buying from these shops, what do you do as a community? So I want to ask you if you think that's justified. Do you think it's justified to say, let's close all the shops to keep our children safe? Or do you think that doesn't solve the problem? And what do you expect this community to do? Do they wait for more kids to die and wait for government to do something? To protect the community from the counterfeit food? And how does government even do that? So is there another way that communities can deal with this? And what is it? I mean, just last week, the Gauteng Department of Health recorded more than 11 spaza shop-related deaths. More than 11 Spaza shop related deaths with more than 800 incidents of food poisoning, allegedly due to food that is bought from these puzzle shops. And these figures, I personally think, think are underreported. And we've been talking about counterfeit food for so long. I had the health minister on the show. We spent so much time talking about that. I even did a Thursday dialogue on this particular issue. Because I feel like government is not realizing what a crisis this is. I don't think they're realizing that this is a ticking time bomb. How many children have we lost now after they ate 
what's believed to be poisonous counterfeit foods, whether it's snacks or biscuits that they bought from these puzzle shops. What are the health inspectors doing to safeguard us as consumers in these communities from counterfeit food? There are serious implications here for public health, serious implications for safety, and something has got to be done. I had the minister on the show and I asked him, are they realizing how big a crisis this is? And what are they doing about it? What we have seen lately around counterfeit, uh, counterfeit food, I think we've lost about seven or so children so far who have eaten what's believed to be poisonous counterfeit foods such as snacks and biscuits uh, that were brought from, from spaza shops. Do you think health inspectors are doing their work to safeguard consumers from these counterfeit foods? Well, my answer would be no. Uh, I think we don't have adequate uh, supervision uh, and, and uh, inspection of, of the quality. Um, and, and the reason why it is so, while the regulations of uh, quality of food products is there, um, the problem is that uh, through our constitutional and legislative arrangement, mm. um, some uh, some years ago, the, the the responsibility was at the provincial level yeah. to actually employ um, the environmental inspectors. health uh, officers, uh, health inspectors, as they are known. Uh-huh. And and through legislation that was now devolved to municipalities, so. Um, where you might still have provinces employing, it might be just in complementary, but the primary uh, role, it's at municipal level. Uh, um, in, in, in rural municipalities, it's mainly at district level. Um, I think even, even local municipalities can, but more especially districts and then metros. But because of the pressure of other priorities, what we are finding is that uh, very few municipalities have actually taken up very fully that responsibility to hire the to hire the, uh, the health inspectors okay. and deploy them. Mm. And so, as these outlets are mushrooming all over the show, uh, there is very. That's why you will find that it's sporadic. Only when there is a complaint, mm. then the the municipality will then send your environmental health officers uh, together with police uh, to go and inspect and actually find. So the quality of inspection, uh, it's not really up to scratch. And uh, it's a matter which, um, you know, one has been agonizing to say, can we maybe get back to parliament, review this? Because uh, in district municipalities, they want to fix the roads, the potholes. So when they talk about health, It's not a priority. So is that it then? If the health minister says clearly the quality of health inspection is not at where it should be, what are communities supposed to do? Because the minister says maybe we need to look at parliament, go back to parliament and look at other ways to try and, and make effective the work and responsibility of health inspectors. How effective are they? Are these inspections by the health department? Are they even happening in the townships? 
I don't think so. I don't think they are happening at the rate that they should. And there are huge implications here for consumers. When there are shops that are operating under the radar and without the certificate of acceptability issued by the environmental health practitioners, that's going to cause problems for communities. We're going to bury these children. And I'm not being dramatic. That's what we've seen. We talk about these kids who buy things. And even the health department themselves, they say, they say these kids are dying from their own research. This is somehow linked to whatever they've bought at the shops. The role of the health inspectors is to check out these food premises, to ensure that people who handle food follow safety protocols, that there's good hygiene, the products are labeled well, etc., etc. Some informal traders or spaza shops have been found to be sleeping in the same room where they're cooking the food that they sell. So some, many, in fact, of the spaza shops are not health compliant. And the sad thing is, many South Africans don't have a choice but to buy the cheap tin of baby formula from a street side vendor or that cheap can of beans from the local's puzzle shop because the cost of, li- cost of living is high. And people are looking to save every single cent they can save. And I know this is a multifaceted crisis, but there's urgent need to address this illicit trade this counterfeit food and its implications for public health and safety. And I honestly don't think government is realizing how serious a crisis this is. That's why now communities are shutting down these shops. And what, you're going to come and blame them? What do, you, what do you expect them to do? When government is clearly washing their hands and not doing enough to stop the deaths of these young children who are dying after buying stuff from these puzzle shops. It's 18 minutes after 9. Your voice. Your station. Your open line. Walk the talk with Clement Magnatella. On 702. Tando, you're calling from Zakani. Hi. How's it, Clement? Hey, Tada. Not too bad myself. Um, listen, there are a number of reasons why these guys sh- should stop operating in our cousins. Uh For one... They don't employ our people. Uh, if they do employ Africans, they'll employ other foreign nationals, like people from Zimbabwe, Malawi, and so forth. So they don't really help us. And as you know, they don't pay tax. And and uh, they are low unto themselves. Uh, so there's a number of reasons why they shouldn't be but, but employing South Africans, how is that going to stop them from operating in counterfeit food? Because I know some spaza shops, Tando, even where I come from, where I grew up, that will hire some South Africans. They do hire some South Africans, some of these shops. But how does that stop them from selling counterfeit foods? Because what's going to stop them are the authorities. And I'm saying the authorities, they seem not to be doing their job. But us having a conversation about whether or not they're hiring South Africans, that doesn't fix the bigger issue that I'm raising now about kids that are clearly eating stuff that they buy from these shops and there seems to be something wrong with whatever they're buying from these shops 
because they eat that, they start vomiting. And it's the same thing. Those kids in Soweto who died, they started vomiting too. Couldn't get to hospital. Some, thank goodness, managed to get to hospital and they were able to tell a story that we went to buy this and that's when we started reacting. But how do we fix that problem? Look, that's an easy problem to fix. The only thing is that our government, you know, hasn't helped with everything. They drag their feet, you know, to get to the bottom of these problems. The government should be doing something. They are not. But as citizens, we can do something. We can stop fighting from them. We can stop going to these shops. I made a decision a long time ago not to buy from these guys mm-hmm. because, like I said, there's many other reasons why we shouldn't be buying from them. All right, Tando in Sakani, thank you so much for your contribution. Other people don't have that option. Other people don't have the option to say, I'm not going to buy from this puzzle shop anymore because if they go to the local, I don't know, now there's like pick and pay and shop right in many of the townships. If they go there, they're thinking bread is going to be one rent more expensive. But at the spaza shops, it's two rent less. Those are the kind of decisions that people have to make. Nokwazi, you're in Walkerville. Good morning. Good morning, Clement. Good morning, um, 702. Clement, I don't normally call you guys, but I'm calling this morning because how many black lives how many black children do we have to lose until we as South Africans say enough is enough? We are sitting at 11. When does it become an issue, Clement? When 100 black kids have died? We can't. We can't afford it. And so I'm calling in to say we need to mobilize as ordinary South Africans and say not in our name. We can't allow this to go on, Clement. Nokazi, from your mouth to the ears of the authorities, I hope, I hope they're listening. And I don't know what kind of pressure we put on them, because we also have a reactive government. They are always so reactive. I mean, I was listening to was it Aaron Mutsaledi, um talking about Cocta and how. Cocta is doing something to try and fix this issue. I think he's saying something like Cocta is working on some framework of sorts to deal with these puzzle shops for municipalities to manage the shops. I don't get that. Um, they're always so reactionary. But as Nokoaz is asking, how many kids have to die? Are they waiting for like just... 20 to die at the same time and then watch the minister of Cocta, the minister of home affairs the minister of police descend upon Zagani or Soweto but they don't realize that had they done something had they been active when they started seeing the trend begin they would have saved so many lives your whatsapp's on 0727021702 morning Clement uh, Pinda here Clement, the issue with this uh, spaza shop and, and counterfeit goods, 
you know, primarily it, it goes back to our government uh, and our officials. Uh, when it happened about a few months ago when kids died after eating biscuits from this uh, puzzle shops, there was a, a hoo-ha that the police went into those puzzle shops and with the health department or inspectors. And uh, soon after that, those guys continued their business as usual. And you can still see that this puzzle shop are still not compliant but now they're still operating now something else happened again where we lose the innocent child and they're going to be up in arms again for two weeks and they let it go after that it's shocking morning uh clement this is some in broaderport i'm not really sure what's going on in terms of the to- toxicology tests here in south africa for example all these cases of uh these uh, kids that have been, um, um, we'll say, poisoned from the spaza shops, I, I haven't really had any conclusive results whereby we we hear from the news that the, the biscuits that were tested, this is what was found. Um, I, I don't know why we never we never get those results. If if you know anything, please let me know. But as far as I know, we hardly ever get any conclusive results. And, and I mean, you saw even with Enyo Benitav and also there were no conclusive results. I mean, a lot of us still don't even know what happened there. So I don't know if maybe there's any toxicology um, expert who's listening. Maybe you can shed some light on, on, on why um, are, are we struggling in that regard. Thank mm. you. Um, remember we hosted, who did we host on Across the Desk the other day? We hosted, um, what the producer is just going to remind me now. Forensic pathologist, thank you. We hosted forensic pathologist on Across the Desk, and I asked them about this. Um, Abel, in fact, if you can find that clip for me, it was just towards the end of the conversation because I asked them about this trend that we are seeing and if they've they've dealt with similar cases before. And and hopefully I can play you that clip before we wrap up. But I've have, I've interviewed the health department. When we did a Thursday dialogue on this crisis, around counterfeit foods, I asked the health department and they themselves seem to say that, look, yes, we can't say for sure about the causality here because we haven't established it, but they have done their own investigations and I imagine they have their toxicology reports. But what they what they say is clear is that these kids are eating, I mean, even last week when the Gauteng Department of Health revealed to us that they've recorded these 11 spaza shop related deaths and they were they said there were 800 incidents of food poisoning. And their own research and investigations reveal that those 800 incidents of food poisoning are allegedly due to food that is bought from these spaza shops. I mean, there's no way that you're going to have kids that are dying in Soweto, that are dying in the north, in the East Rand, in the Johannesburg CBD. And those who survive are telling you, we went and bought this, we ate this. And the others just sadly died. And this is happening across. I mean, what could be the problem there? And if there's someone from the health department listening to us, please help us understand. What are your reports, your pathology reports, your toxicology reports? What are they telling you? Because there are kids who died as early as what? October, if not earlier last year. Surely you've got an idea what's, what's behind this trend. OJ, 
in Lindhurst. Hi. Uh, hello. Hi, go ahead, bro. Yes, yes, yes. How, how's it? How's it, Sam? Good, good. Uh, then go ahead. Uh, look, I'm 11 kids, my brother. Seven, one of 11 died. And, and, and it doesn't seem like the government is, is moved. The government is talking about the regulations. It's talking about the new uh, new framework. The laws are there, Clement. How how are they going to enforce the new laws that that they that they are now proposing if they fail to 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 enforce the current ones that we have that are so 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 good such that they say to you you need to have a permit to be able to run a business in this country. Mm-hmm. And now foreigners are here in the country without permits. For the fact that they are here without papers, Clement, it's a crime on its own. And then secondly, mm-hmm. without a permit, another crime. And thirdly, you're selling uh, illegal or expired goods, another crime. And so, somebody's got to stand up and do something about this, eh? yeah. because I mean, if you look at it, eleven, it's not one, it's eleven. One, even even if it was one, Clement, but mm-hmm. eleven kids dying in one week. Yeah, that's crazy, OJ. It's crazy. Thank you for calling. Kustas and Medrand, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I'll be short and sharp. Two ministers are failing on duty. Department of Labor and Unemployment, is useless in that position because we've got this problem because his department does not do his job. And so is uh, Ibrahim Patel at Department of Trade and Industry. It cannot be those shops stay there because the papers open a shop in South Africa. If there is a rain, there are immigration laws you need to meet before you could open a shop. So where is the Department of Labor to check if the papers are in order? Department of Trade and Industry, how did you get the, 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 the shop to open the shop here? Where are the papers? And I think that Clement, the, the, the toolessness is the most useless because all these problems end up becoming political problems. When instead, these are not police matter problems. These are a labor and trade and industry problems. So when our police are stretched, they become labor officers, they become labor, this and labor that, well, they are supposed to be fighting crime. So mm. the root of this story, is, as much as it's irritating to me, it's upsetting me when I comment, is that Tulas Mercy is still sitting there any man without even working for it. And, 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 and Ibrahim Patel is nowhere to be found. These are the real traitors for our people. Let me just leave it there. Thanks for taking my call. Kustas and Midran, thank you for your call. That takes us to exactly 9.30. Your voice, your station, your open line. Walk the talk with Clement Maniatella on 702. It's 25 minutes before 10 o'clock. The 702 open line on 011-883-0702. That's where you can call us or you can send your WhatsApps on 072-702-1702. Let's start with Jody in Florida. Jody, hi. Clement, morning. I hope you enjoy the show on Friday night. Clement, uh, um... This thing is much bigger than, than, than the spada shops in the townships. If you look at the nationals, uh, nationality of some of the areas where people are working, there's different nationalities, and some of them have to buy from certain manufacturers that manufacture these things in order for them, in, in some sort of a protection record or something like that. That's what I've come to pick up when I go to certain of these areas and look at them. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So, so if you look at where I'm living at the moment, there's five of these Pakistani nationals. Their, shop, their shops are immaculately clean. But when you go to certain townships and you look at another nationality that's running there, I won't say who, but it, it, it's like completely disregard to every single body there. Mm, yeah. You understand? That is where the problem comes. I don't know if you watched the, the show on Card Blanche where the guy was almost uh, um, 
assassinated because he refused to buy bread from mm. from a certain person. Mm. You understand? That is what's happening. Is because they have to buy in order for them to be either in the country mm. or the passport is kept or something like that. Mm. That is what's happening there. Yeah. And until they find those kind of things, they just won't end the. the the, the people in the area has to hold, hold, them account, hold them accountable and say, if you don't clean the shop, we're not going to buy for you. Mm-hmm. you. But for us, they buy the who was to say something like that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's very easy for us to buy who was because I can go home this afternoon and have a nice meal. Mm-hmm. The lady coming from work this afternoon, she has to stop that. It's mm-hmm. easier for us to say that. It's people like us that maybe that has to go up and say, look, in this area, you're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to come out in this area. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying to you? Yeah. Those of yeah. us, have, we don't have responsibilities for certain areas. We've got duties of those of us that made it out. And said, why are you selling this in this street, but you're selling this in this street here? Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, Jody. That's, that's, that's my two cents. Uh, Thank uh, you for your two cents. Yeah. Sorry, Jody, are you, you, you're Keenan's dad, ne? I saw you on yes, Friday. That's, oh. that's, why, that's why I said it. Yes, I, I was trying to remember the show, and I remember I was only at one <laughs> show. Good to, It was lovely meeting you, sir. Thank you. Um, Jody is Keenan. There's a guy, his name is Keenan Mayer. He's the best pianist I've ever come across. And he had a show on Friday um, at Artistry, Jay Something's shop just across the road here. I went to the show on Friday night. And Keenan Mayer, please go check on iTunes or YouTube. Amazing, amazing, amazing um, pianist. Mutabe, you are calling from Midstream. What are your thoughts? Morning, what do you mean, Hey, Tara. How are you, my brother? I'm all right, man. Go ahead. Yes, that's fine. Listen, this problem people spoke earlier, and they took words from my mouth. It has been ongoing for years and years and years, and the finger of blame lies squarely at the government departments. I'll give you an example. Last month, we had a show, Bongani Bingo had a show on 702 about the uh, diluted diesel. What happened to the report? To this very day, we're still waiting for those service stations or those so-called garages who are selling the diluted diesel to our motors, to our motor vehicles. We don't know. Now, here we're talking about human life, which is in Western cross. Nothing will happen. I mean, for as long as there are politics of the stomach here, and it's not that kids who are dying, they don't care. They just don't care. These people, the Pakistani nationals, they are lifesavers in the township. I'm a Tembisa boy. My brother, come I tell you now, every section in Tembisa, there are quite a number of those shops we are talking about. And people, we go there and we're getting those rotten goods through credit. At the end of the month, we pay them. There's a, an A4 list book where they, they, they write down our names. Mm. That's where I come from. That's what happens too. And then to be clear, Mutibi, I mean, this is not to say every single shop that is owned by a foreigner in the township or, or any spaza shop, those are the, the places that are selling counterfeit goods, right? By no means that is the suggestion here. But there are shops like that that operate in our townships. And government doesn't seem to be interested in doing much about it. So what do we expect communities to do? I mean, it's wrong to want to close all the shops down. It's wrong. Tell that to a mother who just lost her six-year-old daughter, Rafile, in Zagani. 
Tell that to her. Hey, Clement. Morning again. Uh, the, men, the politicians will, will not clamp down on these illegal other shops and unregistered ones because they know for a fact their kids, them and their kids will never ever buy from the shops. So they don't care. So it's up to us as the nation to root them out and get rid of them because we're literally on our own. Cooks on Devland. Your voice. Your station. Your open line. Walk the talk with Clement Maniatella on 702. 12 minutes before 10 o'clock. Let's go back to your call. Stephen in Rodeport. Hi. Hi, Madi Major. Good morning. Good morning. What I want to say is that it starts with bribery. Mm. If we concentrate on bribery, it does not mean that we don't have, have uh, health inspectors. We do have them, but unfortunately, they're taking bribery. So taking bribery, they're not concentrating on making sure those shops are legally operating, the food that they're selling, it's, it's, it's within the date, and, 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 and so forth. So in every corner where Madimeja is, mm. you know, your brother, your uncle, those who are working at government departments, if we're talking government, what are we talking about? People that are working at government departments mm. that needs to do what is right. If we don't deal with bribery, believe you me, mm. it starts small, mm. 10 rand, 20 rand, cold drink. Tomorrow, we're losing kids because sure. the shops are not being, uh, you know, checked for health inspection. Mm. Why? It's because people are taking bribery. True. That's all I wanted to say. No, that's an important point to make there, Stephen, uh, in Rodeport. Thank you. Simpiwe in Freedom Park, what are your thoughts? Yes, how are you, my brother? I'm all right, man. How are you? Yes, yes, yes. I hear this guy is talking about bribery, but when you take bribery, when you're taking peanuts, and when you're taking peanuts, you take bribery. That is the first point. The second point is that there's a minister here in South Africa. I don't know if he's using a multi-minister. What kind of multi-tool has he used? Because this minister, my bro, has been there. I think he's been there, Madanata. He's doing nothing. Like that guy was saying, he's just eating government money. You're not even seeing, doing events. He's just sitting there. He doesn't want to be in public. He doesn't want to talk. That guy is just eating money. Because this thing is a labor issue. Make sure these people that are proper documented regulate these people. You understand? Make sure maybe every month you get to the shop, you insert the food, if the food is right to the location. You see, we as community, when you come out and pitching these people, then you are xenophobic. They don't even respect us. They've got, they've got attitude. I mean, I'm tired with these people in the ANC, man. You understand? They're doing nothing, these people. You know, you must just do what is right. If you do what is right, and then it is, everything is go right. From the top. Don't blame instructors. They will take bribes. You're getting peanuts, you'll take bribes more. You understand? Simpiwa, thank you. Thank you for your contribution, man. Simpiwa in Freedom Park. Morning, Clement. That lower cost food you are talking about is the one that uh, is killing our children in the township. We must close all these foreign spaza shop because if your child has passed on, you can't even sue this uh, 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 spaza shop, these foreigners. You can't. Let us go to all these shops like a uh, uh, shop right, pick and pay. 
then we can sue them. We know. And there's a receipt that you 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 you, pay, you, you bought this thing here. In this Paisa shop, they are very rude also, these people. I remember one day I bought an airtime. You didn't see the numbers. When I go back and demand my money, this Somalian guy fight with me. But what? I didn't really go down. I fight back. I said, my money now or I burn this shop. Didn't I get my money? No, they must close all this foreign spider shop, finish and clear. That's it. Mom's daughter from Katrom. Mom's daughter, don't bend the shop. <laughs> uh, I hear your frustration, Mom's daughter. Really, I do. But yeah, let's, let's not bend the shops. Uh, I hear you. And you know, where I come from, where, where I grew up, some of these puzzle shops, they, like they've got relationship with the community. That's why they're able to, as that listener said, you can take stuff on credit. You can take stuff on credit and you pay when, you know, the grandmother is getting their social grant or you're getting your child support grant or you're getting paid. Like there's a relationship that already exists. But the problem is some of this food that most of the community members depend on because it's cheaper than going to your big scale grocery shop. Sometimes it's those foods that are counterfeit, and that's why they are so cheap. So how vigilant are you then as a consumer when you buy food from these shops? I mean, we've seen reports of fake food and and other products, even used condoms, guys. Used condoms that are being sold in some townships are actually manufactured in some place in Krugersdorp. The Stein newspaper revealed that last last year. They did an investigation. They found that there was a production hub of fake beans, packaged as cool beans. There were fake cornflakes, fake spaghetti, fake noodles, a fake cough syrup, guys, a fake cold drink. Who fakes a Coca-Cola? Who fakes a grandpa? I, no, that's, it's, it's crazy. Um, no, it's condoms, <laughs> not used condoms. Sorry, I say used condoms. No, like they fake, they make their own condoms. Do you think there are systems and processes in place to make sure that those are proper? Quality control, etc., etc. Hmm. No, oh, in trouble, I tell you. David, you're calling us from Pretoria. Good morning. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, last week, I spent the week in Dedouza and Sakane, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, what I what I noticed was that, firstly, the, the, the communities generally are very, um, uh, let's say, active in terms of their. Their, their civic responsibilities um, to the extent that it, it was clearly obvious um, that the um, taxis in particular are, are drive extremely carefully and the reason is that the community will slaughter a taxi driver that it's a kid. Mm. By the same token, the various uh, food sellers, bars or shops, the guys that um, sell quarters and whatever, um, 
they, they, what's going to happen unless the municipalities step in mm. is that those, those uh, as, as the lady previously said, she wanted to burn the shop. Mm. That's what's going to happen, and these, these vendors are going to be killed. Um, and, and that's just, uh, it's, it's obviously unacceptable. Yeah. But th- that's likely to be the outcome because it is ex- it's extremely distressing to hear that kids are, are dying because of this. Um, I, I have a question though of, of clarification is the food that is being uh bought by these kids counterfeit in, in other words in line with what you just said about the, the mm. beans and so on or is it uh food that's made in in an unhygienic way um or is it food that's made uh, by adding a, uh, intentionally adding a poison like um mm. the, the rat poison those propellers yeah you know we don't know, but what we know is that the counterfeit foods, that's, that's, a, that's a crisis across the board, uh, David. And, and I'm saying we don't know because government is not telling us. Um, I've asked the producers to reach out to the health department since the previous 30 minutes. Um, and I'm still waiting to hear uh, from them if they could chat to us. But I know the city of Johannesburg at some point said they did a, toxic- a toxicology report. But they never want to come with the details. Because at some point they were saying that there was a toxicology report for the children who died after eating biscuits. I think this was a case in Soweto. But then the authorities were telling us the full details of the report are confidential because that's patient information and that cannot be released to the public. But they owe us that much, I think. And I don't know if the parents or the loved ones of the victims who've died from this poisoning or eating counterfeit foods, whether they would object to the health department actually releasing those results so that they can warn other community members. So if, if they do respond to us, um, I'll, I'll, I'll read you what their comment is sometime before we wrap up the show today. It's two minutes before 10.